Are you looking for a God-conscious husband? Or do you have a friend that is looking for a compatible spouse? Getting married is one of the most important decisions of your life. So before you embark on your marriage journey, you need answers so you have clarity and confidence to find a compatible husband. Smart Single Muslimer is a thought-provoking Muslim marriage guide for Muslim women. In the book, you'll discover how to find a husband, how to find out if you are compatible, what questions to ask a potential spouse, and how to deal with disappointment. Adopting a smart Islamic approach to relationships is about following some simple prophetic principles that will change your habits and attitudes about getting married. If you want honest pre-marriage advice that addresses contemporary issues you're facing, then you will find this book extremely useful. Available to buy on Amazon in Kindle or paperback format. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Muslim Mindset. And inshallah, today I have um, Samia from Sunnah Living as a guest. Um, and inshallah, we're going to be speaking about the topic of multicultural marriage. Um, so, Assalamu alaikum, Samia, how are you? Walaikum salam farhat, alhamdulillah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. Which, um, whereabouts are you in US? In Arizona. In the oh. south desert of Arizona. Oh, it's wow. wonderful here. Is it, it must be really nice and warm at the moment. In the summer, yes. But in the winter, it's beautiful. You should come down. Yeah, that's what someone else... I know someone else in... Um, Zakia, she's in Arizona, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yes. And yeah, she was, yeah you're right. The weather, she was saying, is very... It's really good. It's not boiling hot. Um, uh, how long have you been there, living there? I have been here for eight years now. I'm originally from Florida and moved to Arizona and I've just been here and I kind of fell in love with this area. So I don't see myself going anywhere for a long time. Oh, okay. So, so your um, blog, Sunna Living, um, tell, tell us about it, please. Yeah, my blog, Sunna Living, I started probably actually in the beginning of when I got married, probably a, a year later or so. And it kind of started because in the town where I used to live before, there really wasn't a very big Muslim community. And uh, the masjid was very small and it wasn't very active. And I was craving some connection. Um, and, and I think we can actually talk later a little bit about what is it like to get a connection when you're in a, when you are a Muslim, like a, not a born Muslim, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of that issues over there and that just really wanted me to start and meet a connection online. And that's how Sunnah Living started. It started as an Instagram blog um, and then moved over to an actual blog. And now we talk about going spiritually together. We do Athkar journeys together, Vicar, and we also talk about planning. And I also talk about my chronic illness. Um, and I also have a podcast now, a Matcha Talk podcast. Oh, where yeah yeah so we were both podcasters together we talk about everyday happenings with my sister and we reflect on them so i really like this blogging thing and podcasting thing so far mm -hmm. okay mashallah that's that's really good um so now with your your background you your family are pakistani is that right that's correct yeah i was born in pakistan and moved to the states when i was 11. aha uh -huh, okay and so now um, so your husband is a weaver and he's Hispanic. 
Yes, my husband is Puerto Rican, actually. Okay, my um, husband, sorry. Oh, no, no, it's the same thing. Oh, but yeah, it's within the same uh, realm. So I wanted to specify, yeah, that he's Puerto Rican. He does. Right. Puerto Rican Hispanic. I guess ah, that's okay, right there you go. I'm showing my ignorance here. And um, <laughs> so, so therefore, how did you how did you meet your husband? I met my husband. I think um, so. His sister used to be my college friend, or sister was my college friend uh, when I was taking community college back in Florida. And he was at her birthday party that I was invited to. Um, it's a really interesting story because he had just left the military. So he's a veteran and he had just come back from his tour in Afghanistan. And I didn't used to be a hijabi back then, but you can see in my face clearly that I am, you know, like a brown person. Um, and that's what he had been seeing over there. And so for him, when he saw me at that party, he was like, dude, I got to contact her because I need to know. He had a lot of these questions about his religion. He was like, I need to know why did I see the things that I saw? Mm -hmm. And um, those were the MySpace days. I don't know if you remember, Farhad. MySpace. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, where you could put your little music soundtrack on your, on your thing. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. So those were those days and he messaged me over there and it kind of started from there. Um, and it was interesting because our, at that time, I didn't used to be too practicing myself. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, I was not a hijabi, but also, you know, I would pray here and there, but there was nothing too much of a deep connection in my heart. And through his questionings, and he would ask me a question, I'd be like, oh my God, like, I have no idea. I know what I believe in, but I don't know really why. And so I got on this self-discovery journey through him as well. So we both grew into this faith together. And he was coming from a Catholic background. Um, and, you know, he converted after a while. And then I was just like, I'm going to wear a hijab. That was my first step towards becoming better. And it just has been that way. I see. And so um, that's, that's really interesting because um, I, I wonder how many, um, like you, you probably know this through your husband, how many um, Portuguese um, people convert to Islam? Is, is it a growing community now? I actually uh, have been able to go to Puerto Rico a couple of times oh. and there are uh, probably three or four massages there. It's a small island, so that's a pretty good news. Mm. Um, I forgot the one that we actually went to. Um, I don't know what city it was in, but it was quite big, actually. Oh. Uh, it had beautiful mango trees, like reaching up to, I couldn't even see how tall they were. Um, and I remember seeing this guy, this brother, and he, they have like, they're taking care of cats over there. Um, and it was so wonderful to go there. And the khutbah was in, I believe it was half in Arabic and half in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. And all, everybody was really nice. I experienced Puerto Rico as a whole as a nice place. People, everyone was nice. Like, you know, when you go outside here in the West, generally, we get this weird vibe sometimes. Yeah. as visibly Muslims, I didn't get that there. Over there, I got curiosity mm -hmm. and genuinely like, oh, I really want to know instead of being, I don't think I want to know, you know? Yeah, no funny looks. Um, oh, okay. And so now, then, so when you had decided that, okay, I want to get married to, you know, to, um, uh, to, so what's your husband? Well, okay, no, let's, let, let's see your husband's name out of it. So you decided, okay, I want to get married to him. Um, 
And so then speaking to your parents, um, that must have been, was that difficult? Was it easy? It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I say that, I say that very sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like I wasn't trying to be, I didn't want to use the wrong word. Because I know. <laughs> I'm fucking you know, and I'm, I wanted to say, like my parents, they would just, the roof would have blown off and they would have, uh, like, you know <laughs> so much yeah noise. that's the that's the, actually one of the things where it kind of makes me sad a little bit because you know generally people who are daisy right they already know that this was not a, a good process mm-hmm. and that's the sad thing i mean that should not really be happening so common that it's like if you have an easy experience that's a surprise yes yes yeah because um, so, mm-hmm. we know that in um like community you marry Pakistanis. Um, and then even as we know within Pakistan, like for example, I'm from, my family's from Karachi. I don't know, where, where are your family from Pakistan? From Lahore. Right, there you go. So people from Karachi and Lahore don't really get married, do they? Mm, uh, you know, I don't know that much about it, but I imagine it to be so. Yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's so sad. There are stereotypes, you know, like, like in England, you've got stereotypes about people up north compared to people down south in London, you know, this mm. type. So, in every country you've got stereotypes but and so Pakistan we've got that so then um you know and then there's also this awful I remember uh, you know like this uh, this caste system that is completely taken from Hinduism that's kind of embedded in our culture in, in Pakistan as well you know so you, you don't marry you know like I, I don't I don't really know what the they are I know this for example maybe it's Khans maybe it's um Jodhris and things like that that so within our own communities they don't we don't like each other so to for you know so that's why as a pakistani you know a puerto rican is is like completely out of the bounds um, oh my yeah actually we were in florida right so over there there is a really big puerto rico population oh. um the place we used to live in uh with my parents house that was known as a mini puerto rico so we were surrounded by all puerto ricans and they were oh. wonderful neighbors oh, wow. but you know you know how negative things pop out more than the positive ones? Yes. Um, so what you commonly see, because there were so many Puerto Ricans there, um, are, are you familiar with reggaeton music? No. <laughs> so it is a very typical kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like a party type music, right? Okay. Yeah. And, and people would blast it in their cars with their windows down. Okay. And that's something you could be like, oh my God, you know, those bling music. Like I could just imagine like an older person, our parents, you yeah. know, saying that, oh, this is so disrespectful and blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And so this idea was in my parents that, oh yeah, Puerto Ricans maybe are not serious about life. <laughs> so when I was like, hey, so I want to marry a Puerto Rican, I'm sure they were like, what is she doing? Why is she doing this to us? Yeah. It's really necessary. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So then how long did it, how did you persuade them? I have to say I had a team of people, right? Um, when you, okay, it took, it took four years for them to agree to our marriage. Um, so it was a really long and gruesome process, I would say. I think there was a lot of conversations that happened between us. There were, you know, sometimes a lot of things were said that I, you know, wish weren't said also because things would get uncomfortable at times because you're trying to convince someone, right? It's not, I think sometimes we see in Indian movies and, you know, sometimes they do show that it's difficult, 
But at other times, they so you know they're having these casual conversations. But I don't think that's the norm. I think the norm is conversations that are very emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those kind of things happened, and then we had actually an imam, and he has a beautiful community for converts in Orlando, and he. I mean, he is like, you know, even during COVID times, he's meeting on YouTube, but he would meet every Sunday and all these converts go to his classes and they learn from him. And he has such like a non-judgmental welcoming place for them that it is so beautiful. And even I would go there and I would feel so welcome as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So they became my little, and we were introduced actually through a mutual friend and he was like, Hey, you should, you should talk to him. He would help you. And, you know, I talked to him and I got so much support from them. So they were in my team. And and then just for emotional support, I had actually my current in-laws. They were not then my Mm in-laws. They were on my team as well. Like I could talk to them and everything. So it was a process that took a lot, but I think it really helped to have people on my side. Mm, Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you can't do it on your own because I'm thinking of everyone I know who married um, out of their culture, like out of their race or their culture, they did, um, yeah, they had people around them who spoke to the parents, um, who convinced them, because really, honestly, like, and, and as a parent now of a 20 year old, I can, you still, you kind of think, what, I, the initial reaction is I don't really want, what do you know? You know, you're younger than me, I'm the mum. And, and it's very difficult to, to con- you have to really control that. And um, when they're doing something you never expected them to do, that's quite difficult. Um, and so then, um, so, so Alhamdulillah, I'm really, it's really good to hear that you're in, you're, you're, you get on with your, um, your in-laws. So then when, on the wedding day then, so then again, your parents had agreed, then, but then there's like the extended family or family and friends, like there must have probably been a lot of gossiping going on about, the whole situation, which probably wasn't very nice. Well, Alhamdulillah, I have absolutely no idea about that. We don't have a lot of family here in the States. So it was really our siblings that were from our side, as far as families concerned. They were the only ones that were there. And obviously your siblings know everything. And then we had, um, I, I did not, we, me and my husband both, we didn't really want a big wedding. And actually we had around 50 people in our wedding. And I still say we could have done it with 40, you know, <laughs> like it could have been way less. Yeah. Um, so we did not have that. I mean, there was probably, probably there was. Uh, but, you know, I grew up in a family where we didn't really hang out with people that would talk bad okay. about anything. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and that was my high school upbringing as well. Like I didn't hang out with people who would just bring negativity into your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine if, if I was that person, and if I was going through these four years of insanity, right, like how, how horrible that would have been to know that, oh, yeah, my parents are thinking this way, but then so is 50 other people that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that was good that I didn't get into that. Yeah, alhamdulillah, I, uh, I did really save them that because, again, I'm thinking of other people. And again, it's, it's not only do they think it, they then go around and speak to the parents and say, oh, your daughter didn't turn out the way you expected, did she? You know, they, they like add fuel to the fire. And um, so I will, you know, I have something to say about that. The, the thing that, and that, uh, excuse me, I experienced that also in our family in Pakistan when, we, when they got the news that, hey, she's mm-hmm. engaged or she's married or whatever. There is this, you know, 
um, idea that, oh, uh, you know, she got married to a convert. That's like this thing where people are so excited about generally, right? Like in the beginning, wow, how cool is that? Hmm. Uh, the, the cool fact got married to a convert. Oh, it must be great. You know, he probably has completely changed himself into uh, this perfect Muslim who is almost a sheikh, you know. Mm -hmm. And this idea of romanticizing this uh, marriage or this union common, I find, in the Muslim community. And so generally in the beginning, it's, there's nothing about that. It's more like, that's so cool. That's kind of how it ends. And then when, when it comes to, oh, yeah, so let's get to know each other more in the Muslim community, right? We go into the, uh, to the mosque or, or some community events. Then it's like, oh, yeah, but you're not one of us kind of a thing. Oh, so yeah. it's really weird. In the beginning, you're so excited. Oh, look, this person converted. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. And after that, it's like, yeah, but you're not really, though. You know, I'm like, what, what is this about? When I was, um, when I was, we were still not married. Um, and my husband used to be in the previous community I told you about. And he would say, yeah, I don't, I don't really like it there. And I don't, nobody really talks to me and things like that. And I would be like, no, I don't think that's true. I didn't really believe him. I was like, no, no, I don't think that's really true. But then when I moved in, when we got married, um, and I was like, wow, you know, you get to see that. And that was, that was quite sad yeah i know that's i know and it's yeah that that's not very nice at all because it is it's like who was i yeah i was speaking yeah that's it that um i was speaking to a sister who she's um her parents were combat so and um so it was half Af african and oh my goodness i'm so oh, it was, again it was um south american so it was a mixture mm. of mashallah and again, they, she was saying that um, they weren't accepted. And again, she's found it difficult to get married because she is not, although she's Muslim, she's actually not part of any kind of race or cultural community, Muslim community. Mm -hmm. um, so even though she's got the belief, and so people aren't exactly what you said about as welcoming, or especially when it, as far as welcoming into the family, that, yeah, well, we want you to be part of our family. They, don't, they see her as something different and again that isn't that isn't nice at all because that's that's complete opposite to what islam tells us we're supposed to be brothers and sisters yeah at this point i think i've gotten really you know it's not what islam tells us like that's something that is almost with everything and there's really not a lot of unfortunately in the in the times that we're living in not a lot of people who really who really want to become uncomfortable enough to become better muslims like we just want to stay in our little safe spot. And once, you know, someone tells us, hey, you're doing this wrong, whatever way it may be, maybe we've been praying wrong our whole life or we're reading something wrong this whole life. And someone just tells you, hey, I think this is wrong. You're like, no, you know, you just want to stop. You just want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And that happens in all aspects of life, including when you see someone who doesn't look like a typical Muslim that surprises you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And, I, and the thing is that, so then, did you then, um, so how did you find, um, like for example, so then when, you, when you've moved to, to, to Arizona, did you find that, did you and your husband find Arizona better? Well, we got, um, I basically got married and immediately I moved here because he was already working here for a number of years. I, so I've been in Arizona since the beginning of our marriage. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and that was... Uh, one of the things was, I mean, you know, you can't really say a lot, but I think it's safe to talk about 
that not all massages are the same and um, some have a lot more lacking than others do. And then there are really good ones too. And we've had an opportunity to travel a little bit in the States uh, and we've seen both good ones and bad ones. And, um, and you know, in the, whenever we go to like um, really big ones, we don't really see any problem. You know, if there's a really big community, there's so many things going on. You don't really see it, I guess, because we don't really live in it. So we don't know, mm. but just where we were, it was just a small community. We didn't have an imam. Um, so it would be like board members leading the khutbah every Friday. Um, so there was not a lot of cultivating a spirituality in there. Mm. And so that comes out in many different ways. And one way is that, you know, a little bit of racism comes out in people. They don't know that they have it because you're not cultivating that. There's no spiritual leader to guide you through that. There's no classes or courses to help you. So there was a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously people stick to their own kind, kinds and, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a time and place for that. You know, there's some, there's some time that you want to talk to people who can understand you more. And, and like, for example, for my husband, like, um, and he goes to work and he specifically would say, oh, yeah, that guy is a Puerto Rican, you know. It's like this this understanding within the same culture that we understand each other, kind of like me and you. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, yeah, for sure. We know what you're talking about at this point. And no one else would know that. Yes, yes. So so I'm okay with that. But there's, there's, a, there's a space that needs to be cultivated where we're like, you know, um, let's create that connection, which which will make the outsider, quote unquote, feel like family, too. Let's make an environment like that. Let's invite, invite them to more events where we can become like family to each other because spiritual family is above our blood relations, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I know, and, and that is difficult if you haven't been taught to do that. Like if your family's just, if Pakistanis are hanging around Pakistanis and Bengalis with Bengalis, it's, it, it's, it's what you've been taught. Through, and, but like you said, we have to be willing to change. Things will get better if we do change and especially I think being second generation in living in the UK or US that we haven't got we can't use like cultural baggage anymore as an excuse you know it's um like even with a lot of us it's English is our first language it's not so it's not like marrying allowing out and I I tend to think is as a future mother-in-law I need to I and inshallah I'm working and I've decided yep my kids can marry any, as long as they must have to be good Muslim, that's what's important. I don't, Islam yes. doesn't matter. <laughs> so I, and it's good, I'm saying this now and people should hold me to it. And, and like I said to my kids, so if I go back on it, they'll, they can, <laughs> I should well, look, I listen to that podcast you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, but then that's it. You have to like say, I, you have to make a conscious decision uh, or nothing will change or, you know, the racism will just continue. Um, but um, you said so much with your in-laws, they, they were okay with you. They didn't have a problem with you being a Pakistani. Oh my goodness, seriously. And I was very surprised. I actually, when I first met them, like I mentioned, I wasn't wearing a hijab, right? I didn't make a decision to get married to my husband until I had met all of his, like, his parents. That was important to me. Um, and so I met them for the first time and they knew me as their daughter's friend. And I probably, I think I've seen them like maybe once before and not that many times. Um, and then afterwards I met them, uh, I did not wear, used to wear a hijab. And then I think it was probably 
six or eight months later that I just showed up one day with my hijab and there was no difference in their reaction and acceptance towards me, which was really important to me, you know? Mm. Um, and so that was really lovely. There were more questions, I would say, about the faith because now we're visibly Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still, I mean, we still talk a lot about our faith quite a lot. Um, but there has not been a way that, oh, yeah, we feel weird around you or we feel, you know, like when now that we go there, we only eat sabiha meat in our family. So they, when we go there, like they go out of their way to buy sabiha meat for us. Mm-hmm. And that is such a huge gesture. And I think that's so beautiful. Honestly, I think I really, alhamdulillah, lucked out with my in-laws because they're really great. Oh, mashallah. That's so, that's so lovely to hear. Have you... um? Have you learned to cook Puerto Rican food? Oh, if I ever learned to cook at all, that would be an accomplishment. (laughs) I cook a few things here and there. I'm not a very big cooking person. I don't enjoy it. My husband actually enjoys cooking, uh, which is good um, because he takes it as a stress-free, like a stress-free activity as well. That's nice. Yeah. So I haven't really done that much. But what I have done, I can do good. So let's call it that. Yeah, mashallah. But yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, so what do you, I remember you, when we spoke earlier, you said about that you get asked advice about, like, uh, about, uh, was it about getting a marrying a weaver or whether it's worth it or, you know, the whole yeah. process? What, what kind of questions are you asked? Is that via your blog? Yeah, so it, I should get those on Instagram uh, once in a while. Every time I mention, like, I don't really mention that much. I have a few blog posts about it, and my husband shows up on my YouTube videos sometimes. Um, but then, you know, sometimes whenever that happens, they're like, oh, hey, you know, I want to marry this person. And I believe there were two or three people they have specifically asked about marrying Hispanics guys. And it's always sisters. My blog is generally um, inviting sisters in. And yeah, that's what they want to know. The first, the thing they ask is, how do I approach the parents? Mm-hmm. And because everyone has that. They're not asking, at that point when they're getting to me, they're not wondering if he's the right guy or not, generally. You know, mm-hmm. they've probably already decided that I think this is a guy. Um, and then they're like, how should I approach the parents? And, you know, it's so cool because in the beginning, as, as much hesitant or my parents were, now they love my husband like they want to hang out with him they want to be like how's he doing and i'm like you know if at that time i could open a a future portal Mm -hmm. (laughs) and show them it's not that bad they'll be okay yeah yeah Yeah, so they asked me that question how do you approach your parents and that is and you know what i mentioned to you earlier about having a team i think it's important to have a third party go in and tell your parents because Uh, And I didn't do that initially. It was just me. And, you know, it could work for some people, but maybe, maybe going back, I would say that, you know, your parents will always see you as your little girl. Mm, And here's your little girl telling you, I want to make this huge decision about my life. Marriage is a big deal. And so they might not take you as seriously as you should, as they should. I mean, I hope at this point, when a person is getting to this point, they've done their homework. Like they really want to, they've made sure that that person is who they, you know, as much as they can want them to be, Um, you know, above all, if you are thinking of a multicultural marriage, it's very important to look at religiosity. You have to be on the same level. And I talked about romanticizing earlier. 
a lot of people get into that, that, you know, one of one person would be like this amazing, mashallah, you know, this practicing person. And the other person is like, oh, oh, oh he's going to make me that way too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously we know that is not a good way to start a relationship. <laughs> he will change me or I will change him. Like, that's really not how it works. Because you're my person to change them, man. No one can change another person. You know, like you can't mm -hmm. only change yourself um, and be an example. But it, it's interesting what you said. So, that, so you've got people who think, yeah, we that's going to be like so amazingly Islamic. And, mm -hmm. me. and then I also know, and I'd, um, of, I know quite a few examples actually of women who they met a non-Muslim at work. And, um, and then basically the only like, They'll say to them, the only way I can marry you is if you become Muslim. And then they, they and really they've only become Muslim in name. And, and I can say that for those examples I've seen because it was just so they could get married because mm. there's nothing else go afterwards. There's just nothing going on. And it's interesting that the, the girls I know and family friends that I know that did that, they then regretted it. Um, mm -hmm. or it's either they oh they regretted it or you see that their kids basically have become that they, they didn't adopt Islam as their religion they, they decided to go with non-Islam um, and it's um, yes that's another you know thing that people need to think about killer. and that, that moment when you think you're in love with them or you think he's the one you actually have to stop and think of the future and think of your family and your children and what are you going to do after the honeymoon's over? Um, I would I would stretch that to say that, you know, what about yourself? Like, we're thinking about a family, which is fine. You think about kids. Not everyone has kids, right? Like, what about yourself? What about that time where, um, you know, you're waking up for suhoor and your husband is not interested in fasting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about it's like, oh, I want to, I really want to take this course. I really want to, you know, better myself in spirituality. And he's like, yeah, I'd rather not, I'd rather not go to that class with you. I'd rather not do that with you. Mm. And I mean, how painful is that to not have your partner be interested in something that is beyond this world? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because, yeah, again, I'm thinking of once someone I knew, they, it was her father passed away. I, I met her maybe 10 years after she got married, it was at her father's funeral. And um, so she was in a very reflective mood and she was just saying, like everything she was saying just told me she regretted it because her husband, again, you're so like, he did, he was, I don't know if he even came to the janaza, he wasn't, he wasn't there. You know, like she's going through this grief and, and praying and doing things, but her husband's doing none of it. And it really kind of, I think that illustrated the stark difference that I'm Muslim and he, he's, he, he just said the words. He said that, and you're right, you're absolutely, it is. It will be, it's very painful. It's, um, and it's not worth it. I don't think it is. You know, when, you, when I'm talking about girlfriends, we want to have, you know, friends around us and we always try to find similarities between us. You know, we don't want to be hanging out with people who are so different from us because it's just not that much fun. And then when you have a person who's supposed to be your best friend in everything that you do, and then, but he's not really into that. So what happens is either, either you are like, oh man, I'm regretting this. I wish that he was the way he was and you push him and you push him, or then you yourself lose your faith. And I've seen both of those. Yeah. And that is like, what, you know, I don't, I don't, that has to be not worth it. You know, in the end that you lose something and 
I will say we believe in Allah and we believe clearly in, in the unseen and the gifts that he bestows on his servants. He gives blessings upon blessings upon people. So a marriage that is working towards becoming closer to him and acknowledging him in their everyday life, that marriage has blessings, which the other marriage does not. And that's a fact, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, if you're thinking of him and worshiping him, there's blessings in your life and, and you'll miss that. And that blessing is what those blessings are not only there when you're happy and joyous, but they're there when you're going through difficulties and those blessings are what keep you afloat and keep you going. And if you're willing to forego that, for literally for a couple of years of happiness that you perceive to be happiness, mm-hmm. where are you in your spirituality? Mm-hmm. So that's really tough. And I've seen, you know, we talk about converts and, and converts being this perfect, but most my experience so far generally is converts have a really hard time in faith, mm-hmm. especially sisters. Like I've known quite a few of them who have either slipped out of the faith completely or they are just barely there, you know? And I'm not sure exactly. I've I've never really had a opportunity to have a heart to heart talk with a convert sister who's going through that. Like I don't fully, and I don't think I can fully can as a born Muslim really understand what is it that is so difficult you know, and I wish, uh, I hope that this podcast will open up some conversation within that and they can maybe enlighten us in some way. Like what is really so difficult? I, and one of the things that maybe happen is, um, and we have that, we have these brothers who, um, oh, gosh, I don't want to say that, but they kind of fetishize convert yeah, sisters, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they get screwed over like that, which is, which is not right, obviously. Yeah. But then there's just some who are just like, just barely teetering on. And I really want to ask them, what is so, what is difficult? What is that core issue that stops you from being, I want to completely give myself up to Allah. So I would like to ask them that question. Mm. Yeah, that, that is an interesting question because I think it's, um, you know, so, so, so really advice you, you, you would give to anyone, any listener who, um, is thinking of, uh, you know, there's someone who is, um, you know, another, um, comes from another ethnicity to, to their family and they're thinking, man, that you, you have to think about it very deeply. This is, it's a big decision and it can't be based on emotion and on, and particularly it can't be based on lust or just attract, you know, attraction. That can't be the reason, the, you know, the driving force behind your decision making has to be your mind. Absolutely. That is a very big thing. Um, secondly, I would say that, all right, if you're, once you get to that stage where you're like, okay, I'm really, really considering this person and I really want to marry this person, you better be sure when you tell your family, you know, because you can't take such a thing back. So be 100% sure, okay, you know what? Yes, this is a guy or this is a girl, this is it, and I'm going to tell my family. And, and then afterwards, don't leave them hanging. If you, if you know your family will never agree to this, yes. if you're 100% sure, then, then know what that means and what that means for you. You know, if you're going to pursue this, know what it really means for that reason. Um, and don't be like, oh, yeah, you know, and th- that happens. And they're like, oh, my family never agreed. There was a joke about it on the, uh, what is that on the, on the Instagram account? She's a comic and she draws, Huda is her name. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, she recently made, oh my, that hit me so personally because she was talking about a brother who's a psycho. Yeah, we've been together and talking about this for three years, but my mom would never agree to marry you. So, you know, for me to marry you and whatever. And he just leaves her hanging. And I think that is so painful. Don't do that, you know, be 100% sure and, and see it all the way through. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the- and, then, and then I would say to know the family of that person, especially if you're, if you're a woman, just know the family. Like you, you're marrying that person for sure, but you have to know, I mean, how, how far are they from what you want it to be? If this is a convert situation, like mm-hmm. how far is it? Like, you know, are they like, you know, alcoholics in the family? Are they like, you know, marijuana smoking? You know what I mean? Like you have those extremes yeah. and then you have alhamdulillah, my situation where they were, this have very similar moral and values to what I believed in and we believe in as Muslims. Mm-hmm. So get to know that because you're going to be spending time with them and you are going to be, you know, like we, we in this place where, okay, Christmas is there. There's other things that are there. You have to navigate those. And so you have to really get to know the family and, and really see, okay, am I able to work around them? Am I able to work with them? Will they be understanding you know, things like that. So that's also very important. Yeah. No, Dr. Hessen, I think that's, that's really good, sensible, practical advice. Um, so um, please remind us again of your blog. What's the name? Where can they, where can they you know, listeners find more about your writings? Yes. Yeah, so my blog is sunnaliving.com. That's S-U-N-N-A-H, living.com. And I have the same one on Instagram. And I have the same one on YouTube. I am still now living all over the place. Okay, inshallah, that's excellent. Okay, then, inshallah, we, uh, you know, you should come on again. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to check out your blog and uh, we should do another episode based on, on, you know, some some of your blog content, inshallah. Absolutely, inshallah. I'd love to have you over. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really deep conversation and I really loved it. I hope everyone does too. Inshallah. Okay, then, salam alaikum. Wa salam. This episode is brought to you by farhatamin.com, a website that specializes in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatamin.com today.